ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Hi, Hilary Harper here. This is part three of a five-part series about my quest to find love in the world of dating apps. It's a serial story, so if you haven't listened from the beginning, go back and catch up. Meet you back here. Oh, wait. The first, first date is terrifying. I feel like I'm about to go on stage and I haven't learnt my lines. I'm parking my bike in Princess Park in Melbourne, the chilly wind whipping my effortfully casual hair into a giant bird's nest, and I'm hoping my lipstick is still in place. Last episode, I had just matched with a guy I've called Van Man on a dating app, so nicknamed because he lives in a van, and the chat went well. We exchanged some wordplay and thoughts on 90s alt-rock. He seems laid back and fun, and I decide he's a good candidate for my first in-person date. Sex therapist Tanya Coons offered me some advice last episode. Choose a public, casual location with a clear exit strategy. So I've gone with a walk in the park, hoping it'll be that easy. And in the middle of the day, while the kids are at school, with a deadline to pick them up. Exit strategy. I'm not sure if it's the best idea, but I've brought my microphone along. I want to ask him about his own experience on the apps. Something fun to bond over, perhaps. And... It kind of is. He's got a wide smile as I approach him. Nice eyes. Quite attractive. He goes in for a hug, but I realise I'm not up for that yet. So I ask if we can just shake hands, which then feels weirdly formal. He's not shy about sharing, though. We talk about how we ended up on the apps, how our marriages played out, and what it was like getting back on the horse. But, as it turns out, Van Man is getting on a very different kind of horse, or should I say, horses. See, the reason that he's dating is to explore non-monogamy, which was not mentioned on his profile. Well, the term basically means that you're not putting one relationship or some relationships above others. You treat all relationships as equal. So... None of the relationship is going to control your life and, well, that's anarchy, really. So when you say relationships, is that... OK, so it was very windy and I realised you couldn't hear much. But here's the gist. Van Man practices ethical non-monogamy, which means he has several partners. And he's a relationship anarchist, which means all of them are equally important. And I'm feeling a bit... conned. I mean, I don't mind that this is the life he wants to lead... Power to you, Van Man. But it's just not going to work for me. I've tried it, and it takes a lot of time and energy. And with kids, work, family, friends, I'm still trying to figure out if I have time for one relationship. I am monogamous, and that's a clear boundary for me. And if I'd known that this was the play, I wouldn't have rocked up to the audition. So I shut off my microphone, finish our walk around the gardens, and I tell him politely, good for you. This was nice, but that's not for me. He pushes back. He suggests we could make it work. A monogamous person could still go out with a polyamorous person and just be monogamous with them. Mm, No, for me, that's not going to work. I tell him, I don't see a relationship for us. He argues back. You can't tell from just one date. Mate, yes, I can. I didn't feel great after that interaction. Honestly... It left me 
a bit shaken. Okay, so that didn't go so well. There was some information missing from his profile that meant that our dating goals were not in alignment. Um, yeah, and I must admit, I kind of had this really visceral reaction afterwards of not wanting to be around uh, men, not wanting to see this guy again because I'm feeling a little um, annoyed, I guess, by the fact that um, he had not communicated openly the things that he was after. And just a feeling that I guess I've wasted my time a bit. I might not be able to trust these strangers with my fragile little heart. That's a scary thing to confront. I'm Hilary Harper, and this is Dated, a series about the swings and roundabouts of dating in the later chapters of your life. Because at this age, we've been through a bit, haven't we? We've probably been hurt or lied to, felt the bliss of being with someone we love, and the aftermath of a love gone wrong. We might also be totally different people now. We've taken on new perspectives or philosophies and maybe outgrown the ones of our youth. Van Man had realised that monogamy wasn't fulfilling for him, that he needed more. And I've come to the certainty I have no time to waste on people who don't show their true selves. But I know too that I'm not done with love and I'm not done with dating. So in this episode, how do we protect ourselves and find trust as the complicated and slightly weather-beaten adults we've become. Trusting someone new takes a lot of energy, and it's really hard to trust someone who's only putting a certain version of themselves up on a dating app. But isn't that what we're all doing? Isn't it kind of unavoidable? The experience with Van Man left me annoyed and confused. Should I have grilled him a bit more before we met up? How much can we really trust what people tell us on the apps? I asked dating columnist and author Kerry Sackville about this. You know, I would love to believe that everybody um, tells the truth on dating apps. Uh, They don't. And people lie about all sorts of things. Certainly a lot of men lied about their age, lied about their height. People lie about their marital status. They say that they're actually separated when what they mean is that they're still living in the same house as their ex and their ex doesn't really know that they've broken up. But, you know, they they plan to tell her any day now. Um, People lie about all sorts of things. And you don't want to get into a position when you're going on the defensive and you're grilling people. So it's a it's a fine balance between asking the right questions and turning everything into an interrogation. And where does that line end? I don't I don't know. I think a large part is just taking things slowly because when you jump into a situation with somebody, you don't have time then to ask all the right questions. So if, for example, you're somebody who only wants to have sex within a committed relationship, then you don't jump into bed with somebody on the second date assuming that they're going to be monogamous. You give it time. You have to go slowly, be mindful of what your deal breakers are and what your boundaries are, and then ask the right questions. So for me, I had several experiences with men who clearly weren't ready to be dating, who were not properly over their exes. So that became a question that I would ask them. 
Um, and I would say, are you sure you want a relationship? Have you properly separated from your ex? Are you living in separate houses? I would have to try and take the word for it, but I learned that people can say that and then change their mind. And so I tried, you know, when, when I had some experience, tried to then take things slowly enough so that if new information came to light, then it, I, I wasn't in too deep. That's all a bit disconcerting. It doesn't make it easy to throw yourself into romance. Connection means you have to be vulnerable with someone else. But dating today, you need to be somewhat guarded too. It feels like quite a contradictory way to approach love. Before the Van Man episode can put me off dating altogether, another match pops up. This time, a bookseller, a book nerd. That's positive. I shake off the ick and I send some messages. We chat about our jobs and books, of course. He's got some great vintage style. I like that. And his face looks kind, gentle, not high energy, no grinning going on, but nice. Okay, let's give this a go. I line up a second first date, hoping this one will be smoother than the last one. This process of modifying my expectations appears to be ongoing. I'm heading off for my second first date and the first one wasn't so great. So I'm going to really try this time just to meet this person on their own terms, I guess, like let them be who they are and I'll be who I am, whatever that actually means. And yeah, we'll see where we end up. We end up in another park, but this time in the rain. Melbourne weather, could you be less conducive to dating? We get chatting and it feels a bit stilted. I get the impression he has a list of questions that he asks on dates, standard getting to know you questions. But hey, at least I don't have to do the heavy lifting. I learn about his family, his previous relationships, his hobbies. And when the rain has soaked us through, we adjourn to a cafe at the end for some cake and to dry out. And just for a moment, it feels like we're an old married couple or old friends, not a hot date. I felt comfortable with him. I felt safe, I guess. I wasn't excited. What does that mean about my psyche? Um, We had a really good conversation about what we both wanted out of any future relationship. And there was a lot of overlap. You know, we both wanted our own independence. We wanted to make sure that this was a part of our lives, not the kind of something that would take over our lives. It it did feel a, a little bit bloodless, I think, this laying out of goals. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of on the fence about where to take this now. Look, he didn't get me hot and heavy, but he also didn't get my blood boiling. Maybe that's a low bar. So the question is, do you bother with another date? I asked Kerry. What I would say now is until it's a definite no, keep going. Um, because my partner and I, you know, we knew each other for quite a while before we actually got together. And um, if I'd said, you know, absolute no, because I'm not feeling that romantic spark after the first meeting, then I never would be in this amazing relationship. So I would now say you wait until it's a no. And you know, you know that feeling where you're sitting opposite someone and it's like, oh, no, I got the ick. Like, definitely not. I cannot see myself with this person. If there is any sort of spark or if, you know, you just had a really good conversation or you felt they're interesting, I would give it another go. If only because you can make a friend, you know, and and making a friend from a dating site is a really good option, I think. Hmm. What if the bookseller does turn out to be very nice and even the one 
or at least a one, I decide to sleep on it. While I'm stewing on things, we keep up the messaging. It's mostly pleasant chit-chat, until I ask him how work is going, and that's when he unleashes a huge rant. It's a toxic environment, there's bullying, I'm being driven out, and the public needs to know. It's quite an intense text, very different to the tone of our other interactions. And it feels like he wants something from me. Is it advice or comfort or to use me for my national radio platform? That's something I hadn't considered until now. What if people have ulterior motives? I've already had matches hit me up on LinkedIn to spruik their courses. And I mean, that doesn't just apply to public figures either. Romance scams, bots. Can any of us really trust what people tell us on the apps? I ask Lisa Portolan, PhD researcher from Western Sydney University, about how we should manage our privacy and safety. You can't be too upfront on the dating apps and that you have to um, leave a fair bit and reserve. One of the issues that comes up from a safety perspective is that while you block someone on a dating app, if they know who you are, they can then follow you on all different platforms, your social media accounts, LinkedIn, etc. And some of it might be minor, some of it might be stalking, right? So I would definitely say that when you're putting up your profile, make sure that you're using unique images um, that wouldn't appear in other places and in other places on your social media. Leave some elements to the imagination in terms of location, job, all those sorts of elements. And I know that that's kind of counterintuitive, right? And it means that it's more difficult to sort of create an intimacy because you're not sharing all these details about yourself, but you've got to put safety first. And, you know, hopefully the government is putting enough pressure on dating apps at this point in time that they will become safer um, for, for women and for different minority groups that are using them. But I think that that definitely has to be, you know, front of mind when you're creating a profile. Okay, this is all really good advice, but I'm getting ahead of myself. I don't know if this is actually what the bookseller is after. He might just not have a very good social filter. So let's just broach this on a personal level first. What should I do with this? Lisa says it's tricky to find the line between enough info to make a connection and too much too soon. There is a difference between, you know, having a connected conversation and sharing, you know, some quirky, fun things about your day or, and sometimes, you know, a few serious bits without just hefting this whole heap of baggage onto that other person and sort of saying, you know, can you carry this load for me? So I think there is still a fair bit of of separation between the two things. Yep. That's a really interesting uh, situation. I found this is too soon. We're not friends. I'm not there to support you through this. And I wouldn't land my stuff on you, I don't think at this point either. But I did wonder whether that was an assessment that was accurate to make. I mean, if you're heading, you're wanting a relationship and you're heading towards a mutually supportive space, how do you judge that? So I think that you probably made the right call because you've only had a a short sort of exchange with this person before you've gotten hit with all of the drama. So I think there is still a bit of separation between the two things, being able to share enough without sharing too much of the gory details of our past and, 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 and present, really. With all of this flying through my mind, I decide... I'm done with the bookseller. 
There wasn't even a spark, so why deal with his drama or worry about his motives? Ah, oh, I wanted this to be fun and easy and breezy. But Dr Jerry Karansis, a professor of psychology at Deakin University, says it's worth remembering that we all have baggage, especially at this age, not just our dates, but us too. When we often think about dating, our focus is on the person across from us, either virtually or face-to-face, this potential partner. And we're evaluating and we're judging. And we're thinking, could this person be right for me? But the ability to kind of tune in on what we're like as a person too, what vulnerabilities do we bring? What are our own fears? What are our own kind of sensitivities that we have? What are our own personal challenges, our baggage, let's say, for lack of a better term, that we have? The the more insight we have on that, the better placed we are to kind of know that when we're looking at someone, is it really that they are doing something that I pick up and say, look, that's not a nice characteristic or a trait? Or is it that something is being triggered in me where I have particular kind of biases or a particular lens that comes online? that makes me see a relationship in a certain way or makes me see a partner in a certain way when actually it could be somewhat different. Like if you turn around and go, actually, when I think about it, there's a bunch of stuff going on in me that I I don't even fully understand or that I'm aware of that, that I think I kind of need to work through a bit before I even embark on this stuff. You know, that's okay too. Again, you, you're living your own life. And last time I checked, we live a life long enough, stuff happens to us. And the things that happen to us sometimes are very unpredictable. We're blindsided by those things. People that are coming into the dating landscape after having been in relationships before have lived one hell of a life. They've experienced the transitions into parenthood, some of them. have had awful struggles with their jobs that have made it so hard to balance their relationships. They may be feeling their own guilt around how it is that they handle their relationship. There may be issues around infidelity or other kind of relationship betrayals that they're still trying to come to terms with. It may be all kinds of other struggles that have occurred Not only that, but it might be struggles from relationships previous to their most recent breakup that are still haunting them. Haunting is a great choice of words, Jerry. Perhaps my baggage is a problem here too, because I'm carrying around the fear that someone will want more from me than I'm capable of giving. Maybe that's part of why I couldn't take the bookseller's venting or Van Man's high-effort polyamory situation. And there's the big underlying fear of ending up being hurt again. Hello, Mel, my trusty dating sidekick. How do you feel about these latest developments? Well, it sounds like you're very on the apps now, Hilary Harper. Uh, Definitely the right call to draw the line under the bookseller, but bigger and better next time. Is there much else going on? have to say no, not actually really at the moment. Like, just, yeah, just not getting that many matches. I mean, I am still texting poetry guy a lot. Poetry guy. (laughs) Remember my old friend who I pashed in 2001? Poetry guy? We met him last episode. No expectations, but uh, we're still messaging a lot. How is that one going? Well, it's lovely because we are messaging every day, multiple times a day, and it's nice to have someone to talk to who's interested in some of the same things I am. We're we're talking a lot about poetry and books and art and ideas and life and death and stuff. They're pretty intense conversations, but, you know, we're not dating. Yeah, but, I mean, I know you well enough to know that if you're having intense conversations, there's some 
kind of emotional investment there. Am I wrong? Uh, it's disturbing how well you know me, but yes, I I feel like maybe I am starting to develop some feelings here. So what 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 should I do? Oh, great sage, you know, do I need to tell him? <laughs> okay, so this is kind of like a sort of emotional texting situation type situation. And that's not really what you're in this whole thing for. Like you actually want to have a genuine connection. So I think if you can't really say how you're feeling about what's happening with the back and forth, what's the point of it all? Telling Poetry Guy how I feel is scary though. I've already had two rough misses and this could be nice. Maybe we can leave it in limbo. No, Mel's right. I should say something at this point or I'm kind of wasting my time. (sighs) Okay, it takes quite a few drafts. My fingers are trembling over the keyboard. There's a lot of deleting. Finally, I think I've got it right. It's clear, it's honest, it's not too full on, I hope. I press send. And nothing for three days. Eventually, he does respond. With my heart in my throat, I see that it's a firm but gentle thanks but no thanks. Poetry Guy has made it clear that he's not up for a relationship. And really, he never was. Maybe on some level, I found that appealing because he hasn't wanted much from me. I'm feeling tender and disappointed, but I can see that this might be the best outcome. So where does that leave me? Do I still have the energy to find a real connection? This is all feeling a bit too hard right now. Maybe I need a break. Dating isn't easy. You're dealing with real complicated people and it's time consuming and emotionally draining. Jerry says it's important to be clear-eyed about that. One of the things to check in on is the standards that you set, because we all need to set some standards, how important these things are to us, how much they matter. More so especially when we're coming back into the dating world after we've had long previous relationships, we may have children, we have all these other responsibilities that we're also kind of managing and needing to navigate at the same time. Life is complicated. But with that and those standards, we also need to think about where do we set those standards? You don't want to be setting the standards too low because then everyone seems fine. But also if you set the standards too high, if they're extreme, if they're very rigid, then you set yourself up that no one is likely to be an appropriate match for you. Hmm, maybe I need to be a bit more honest with myself about what I actually want. I do want a deep emotional connection, so I might need to push through my fears about how that might make me vulnerable to being hurt. But am I looking at people on the apps in terms of whether they'd be right for me or just whether they look safe? I think I probably have been setting my standards too low. I think about that image, sitting on the couch, reading a book, having someone to hold, someone who desires me and feels lucky to be with me, and that I feel the same way about. A little team of two to enjoy life with and weather its storms. But this time, I recognise that this person isn't just a fantasy living in my head. They're a real person with their own stuff going on. So I know they can't be perfect. 
but I want someone who respects me. I want someone who communicates their feelings and doesn't lie by omission on their profile. I want someone who understands boundaries and doesn't want me for my job. And even though we all have stuff, it's what we do with it that matters. I feel ready to take that on in my dates and in myself. So I reach for my phone and swipe again. Which of you lucky broken bachelors will suit this lucky, slightly wonky single lady? Another match. And this one looks like fun. That smile is very cheeky. And hello, cute too. Did I leave that off my list of must-haves? Very remiss. Under his likes, he lists goat's feta, wordplay and shenanigans. Wow, I love that. The chat takes off very quickly. The flirting is bouncy as a tennis match. What a coincidence. I too like my shenanigans coated in goat's feta. <laughs> is there anywhere you can't find goat's feta these days? I bet there's gelato flavour of it now. Oh, hipsters, they'll stop at nothing. Ooh, maybe there's an udder to uvula restaurant out there serving artisanal single origin goat's feta for the discerning palate. <laughs> this is the first time I've heard the word uvula used on a dating chat. I love it. Oh, I've peaked. I hope not. I was really starting to like you. Ooh. <sighs> I try to hold my expectations in balance this time. Well, I type... I could make fun of hipsters all day, but I'm also up for meeting. Do you want to grab a coffee? And we're on. I know I can't expect someone flawless. We all have complicated lives to share. Exhibit one, me. But I get ready to try to open up to someone once more, to an appropriate level, and to have some fun. Let's see how this one goes. Next time on Dated... This is so exciting. Everything still works. I don't think anybody's too old for sex or too damaged for intimacy. Now it's the first time we're going to see each other in two weeks. Is there going to be a physical spark? What if there's not? Is it going to be really awkward? (sighs) Lots of deep breathing on the tram and just see how it goes. Dated is a Life Matters series produced by Nat Tenchich. Our sound engineer is Matthew Crawford. Hayley Crane is our executive producer, and I'm Hilary Harper. Hey, if you're enjoying this series, listen to more of Life Matters. I explore the big things that matter in our lives, from sex and relationships to work, parenting and health, alongside Beverly Wang. Weekdays on ABC RN, or catch up anytime on the ABC Listen app.